Welcome to the Parents Against Vaping e-cigarette PAVE podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. I'm Meredith Berkman. And I'm Dorian Furman, and we're the Wrong Moms. Today, we're really so thrilled and grateful to have with us one of the remarkable PAVE moms that we've connected with across the country. Donna is going to share with us the story of her son, Jacob, and his struggle to break his e-cigarette dependence and nicotine addiction. And we really appreciate, Donna, your coming on to tell other parents your own difficulty, because I think it, first of all, destigmatizes this addiction and addiction in general. And I also think it gives people hope. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really are happy to have you. I really appreciate being the opportunity to tell Jacob's story. Why don't you just tell us, you know, give us a sort of a short form of when he started and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, my son, um, he started vaping in October of 2019. Uh, at that time, he was a junior in high school, uh, 11th grade honor roll student. He's also a dual athlete. And he, um, you know, obviously vaping is everywhere in the school. And he tried it. He tried the nicotine, he tried the flavors, he tried the THC, but ultimately went back to the flavors because that's what he liked. Um, cherry was probably one of his favorites. He said that he can easily hide the vaping because the smell smells like candy. So if anybody were to ask him, he said he was just eating candy. Um, you know, the odor was just one sign as a parent that I was seeing, but I didn't know what was really going on. I mean, I saw the flash drives that were actually vaping devices. I saw the USB cords that were hanging in the, the walls that were being used to hotwire these devices, the empty pods, the cartridges, the e-juice containers. There were so many signs, but as a parent, I didn't know what I was looking at. And uh, it wasn't until months later, and sadly, it was three months that my son was vaping five times a day, every single day for three months before I realized what was happening to him. Do you know what device he started with and what was his device of choice? Uh, he started with the Juul uh, that was the long, thin Juul. You know, then he went to a smaller device that I thought was just a apparatus that went into his laptop, but it was actually a device. Uh, he went into another device that I didn't even know what it was until I looked it up on Google to Google search it to find out what it was. But um, most of the devices that he went to were the type that he had to charge. And then, and he would get these from other kids in school because he wasn't buying them. He would get them because he would find them. He, the kids in school, they throw the devices in the garbage cans, behind the trash cans, behind the books in the library, behind the toilets in the bathroom, as soon as an adult comes. And then he would always come home with these devices and then he would hotwire them to charge them with his, and I was always buying phone cords. And I kept asking him, what's going on with the phone cords? And he would say, oh, the dog's chewing them up because I would find them spliced only to then find out as I did more research, he's actually using them to charge these devices. Do you know how he started? How was he introduced yes. to these devices? He, he was introduced to them at school. Um, at, in the parking lot at school, people smoking in the bathrooms terribly. Um, I, I, you know, I tell people it's, a, it's really sad when my son can't go to the bathroom during the day at school 
without being asked if he wants to vape. And I'm not talking one time a day, but I'm talking five times a day. There was an incident one day that just broke my heart because he was literally in the bathroom stall having a panic attack while we were trying to get him where he was going through the withdrawals of coming off of this. And the withdrawals are, are terrible. And he was calling me panic stricken in a stall in the bathroom because he could not leave in fear that if he walked out in the bathroom, he would start smoking with everybody else that was smoking. So that's really his group of friends changed because he started hanging out with these kids that were vaping all the time. You said he was doing this for about three months. You obviously were finding these things. I mean, like so many parents, um, you know, you didn't know what you were seeing. Um, We've all been there. So Mm -hmm. um, how did you discover what he was doing? Was there a change in his behavior? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. He, uh, he was very moody, uh, very emotional, very moody. Um, he was, I want to say he became very lazy in a way, uh, very unmotivated. I mean, my son, you know, he was an honor roll student and all of a sudden his grades were dropping. He was getting in trouble at school. He'd gotten detention. He got, you know, for, he got a detention for smoke for vaping in the bathroom. He got a detention for being in the bathroom when there was a fight over cartridges. I mean, it was just, everything was spiraling out of control with him. Um, He started to have problems with his sports. I mean, he couldn't even get through a gym class because he was having problems breathing. So it just, you know, my brother was here with his kids and they were playing basketball and he couldn't even handle an entire basketball game with his cousins because he couldn't breathe. So there were so many things that it, it was like, even my brother said, you know, what's wrong with your son? Why is he having such a hard time breathing? This is a kid that jogs five miles a day. And so I started really, you know, I did the mom thing. I searched his bedroom, searched his backpack, looked everywhere, started finding things. And then as I started doing research on my own, I started putting two and two together. And then I sat him down and confronted him with it. And he admitted, finally, he admitted it to me. I want to ask you what that conversation was like, because, you know, we speak to parents all over the country. And when we do these webinars and and talk about educating parents, we always say, you know, it's really important to talk to your kid, but every family is different. Every kid is different. So not every family, not every child would admit it. Perhaps he was ready to admit it. He wanted help. I would love to understand what happened in that moment. It was a pretty candid conversation. I mean, I don't pull any punches with him. So, you know, I just basically told him, you know, this is what I've found. This is what I've researched. I know that you're vaping. You know, he, of course, you know, the whole, oh, that's not mine. I'm just holding it for somebody. Oh, I don't vape. I don't vape. I was just found it in the bathroom. And no, I, I don't, I don't buy it anymore. It's just too much. It's too frequent. I'm noticing your mood changes. I'm noticing things changing. And we sat down and had a very candid conversation and, and I just spoke to him. I mean, it, I really did not approach him. I did not approach him angrily. Um, I was more, I guess, concerned about his health and approached it with like, I will do whatever I need to do to help you get off of this. And I just, when, when, when it got behind him, I will tell you the one thing that he said to me, because I, I think because I took it as approach that I treated him like a young adult and we talked about it. and what can I do to help you? 
And he had said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, it was the hardest thing I've ever done to get off of this. And he goes, thank you for always, I always knew no matter what you were going to stand beside me, you were never going to let me behind. And that's just the approach that I took with him is that I don't care how bad you tell me it is, Jacob, we're going to get through this together. I'm not going to let you be by yourself. This, we're going to do this together. You may have gotten involved on this alone, but we're going to do this together. And I rallied everybody around me. I mean, don't ever think that you know who will be the person that will reach out to your child because I had, I had people from church coming. I had men from church coming to talk to him. I had the principal, the vice principal. I had a counselor. I took him to the doctors. Um, we had weekly council meetings with his, his father and myself and I. And I, I mean, it was just so many people I got involved, even to the point where I got his core group of friends really involved with him and trying to help him, you know, like I just said, rally around him and we're going to help him through this. And everybody stepped up and they just surrounded him in a cocoon, really. And it was just, it was amazing. When you first spoke with him, was the level of addiction clear? I mean, did he admit right off the bat I'm addicted and I can't stop? Or was this a process? Because what we usually hear is there's first denial, then there's realization, then there's acceptance. So it's, it's, it's what you've done is absolutely amazing. But I think other parents should understand that, you know, it doesn't always happen that quickly, that kids will deny it and you have to keep a conversation going. Absolutely. 110%. You know, there is the denial. Um, there is the, you know, no, I could stop anytime. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, you know, take everything away, restriction, not allowed to go out. And then all of a sudden he realizes, oh my God. I mean, he, all he could think about is I want to vape. I want to vape. Um, there was a lot of that. There was, um, he did not admit to me how bad it was right away. It took some time. And it took meetings with other people, meetings with the vice principal, the counselor, for finally for him to admit to me how bad it was. Um, then eventually he started to admit his breathing problems. So everything was coming out in little bits and pieces. Then once things really started coming out, and I think, I think it's kind of like, I always say, once you say it, it's real. So once he said it, I think it became real to him that wow, I really am having a hard time. And then that's when he realized that he needed to, really needed to stop. And then when he tried that process of stopping, it was a whole nother gamut of, of emotions that, that because now we were working through the withdrawal together and there were some horrendous nights. All he could think about is wanting to vape all the time. And he had said that, you know, vaping to him gave him a feeling of calmness and and while he was trying to get away from the vaping, all he could think about, that's all that was on his mind. It, it consumed him. And there was a night where I, I woke up and I could hear him in his bedroom, just gut-wrenching tears, just sobbing because he could not understand what was going on with him and why he couldn't control these feelings. I mean, I could hear him just crying and just yelling out, what is wrong with me? Why can't I stop? Why can't I stop? I just sat there and listened to him and I wanted to let him work through it. But then I started hearing him punch his dresser and 
then he was just crying. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And, um, you know, I went in and I tried to calm him down and, and, you know, he was unconsolable. He was, he was just, he was in a very, very bad place that night. And all I could do is I just wrapped my arms around him and I held onto him as tight as I could. And I just kept telling him, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Um, so I could finally get him to calm down. But even after he calmed down, he went back in his bedroom and I laid there and listened to him cry himself to sleep. And it was just, I mean, my son was 17 years old. Uh, you know, he's a big six foot kid, muscular. He's, a, he's like a man child and he was broken, totally broken. That's heartbreaking. Did he slip back at all? And has he slipped back? Yeah, it took him about three months to totally get, I mean, I, you know, like any other mother, you know, I had him on lockdown for quite some time and I was tested. I found nicotine test strips and bought them and was testing him on a regular basis and work, you know, counseling every week. And um, so he, he did really well and was clean and things were going along great. And then unfortunately this summer I did catch him vaping again. Um, and it was the old, just, I just want it one more time, just one more time. And what concerns me is that's what everybody's just, just, it, just one more time. I'm going to do it just one more time. Uh, so, so far I haven't seen any signs of it since then. Um, you know, I cracked down on him in the summer when I found out and he's really disappointed. I think I was more disappointed than angry because I watched him go through the withdrawal so badly. And he, he'll, he'll, he would tell you that was the worst he's ever, it's the worst thing he's ever had to do and why you would go back. And when I talked to him about it, like, why would you go back? You, you confessed to me. That's the worst thing you've ever had to do. And he's like, well, mom, you know, it's just, it was a soccer, soccer tournament weekend. And just wanted to have fun and relax and just liked the way it made me feel. And it was just one more time. And, you know, one more time turns into two more times, turns into 10 more times. And so that's kind of my fear. Right. You know, I think um, as with any addiction, it's very common to slide back into it. I think my son said, you know, he tried to quit 10 times. And then mm. once he finally quit, he absolutely slid back in. And wow. I think, you know, these kids are surrounded by it. I agree. What would you say to people who are, you know, who are going through this as a mom? How does it make you feel? My first reaction was probably shock because this is not something that him and I had not talked about. We had talked about vaping, we talked about drugs, we talked about alcohol and candid conversations about it. And because there's alcoholism and drug addiction in both my family as well as his father's family, it's always been a very candid conversation um, because through church, I teach a life's healing choices class for women that are addicts. So it's, it's something very close to me. So I don't hide that from my son. And so it was a shock that, you know, here we've had these conversations and he'd said, oh my, I would net mom, don't worry. I would never, ever do anything like this. I don't want to ruin my lungs. I'm an athlete. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do drugs or drink or vape or anything like that. I need to be at the top of my game. 
And then to find out that he was doing it afterwards was like, gosh, what happened? Like, where did my son go? Like, where, how did this happen? So I think I was shocked initially. And then I probably went into like the scared mode of, you know, what do, what do I do? Like, and I, I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, Donna, you're helping all these women at church that have addictions and things going on and you can't even help your son. And you know, like, what are you doing? And then I thought, okay, wait a second, you can do this. You can do this. You, you've got people around you and you'll, you, you're gonna just, you'll do this. And I just, I went into a mode of nothing was gonna stop me and I was not gonna give up on him and I was gonna stand by him and we were gonna get through this no matter what. And I just, I circled him and I just, and I prayed a lot. I prayed, prayed, prayed every day, every minute. And, um, and then, you know, gosh, I was blessed to find you guys too. I mean, I told my boss at work what was going on. And then he told me about PAVE and I'm, it really helped me realize, gosh, I'm not the only one out there. I mean, it really helps to hear other people. Like it's not just me. I'm not alone. This is not an island of one. Right. And, you know, I think, um, I think that's so important to understand that you are part of a community and that we all have to help each other. And these companies preyed on our children and they have been investigated by Congress for doing just that. And we have to stick together and support each other. Are you afraid that he's doing it now behind your back? And how will you, and then he'll be going, you know, God willing, he's going off to college soon. We were talking about that earlier. Are you worried about that when he's not in your house and he's around Absolutely. other people? How do you manage that? Or how do you talk about that with him? Or do you not? What do you do with um, those feelings of uncertainty? Well, you know, he knows I still check behind him. He knows I'm still eagle eye watching everything. And, and um, matter of fact, I was just telling a, a close friend this morning, um, that I, I was worried that, you know, he's not had a job because he plays so much sports and school and, but he's getting to that point where he's starting to apply for jobs. And I said, my biggest fear about him getting a job is that he's going to have money, which means he's going to have the ability to buy all the vaping products he wants. Um, cause that's, that's, that's one thing too. Like, you know, just, to, I know it's kind of off topic a little bit, but it's so disappointing because, you know, like, you know, here in Maryland, you know, you have to be 21 and over. So he couldn't even obtain it on his own if he wanted to. However, they're getting it. They're getting it. And I know for a fact, because I've found the empty cartridges and I find the empty bottles, they're filling the cartridges and selling them. And I believe, like he said, they sell them for like $5. So they've only created an entrepreneurial situation with our children by creating a 21 and over. And that's that's what's going to keep happening if we don't ban the flavors altogether because they're getting them. Some of these kids are still getting them and my son will be able to still get them until he can be till he turns 21 and he'll get them on his own. And that's what scares me is that you know when he starts getting a hold of the money, he's going to be able to start buying them again. Well, and you know, to your point also, until we ban the flavors, um, the, because the law of the land is now 21, um, but the enforcement 
is way behind. And we're so grateful that we found we found each other, that you found us and we have you on our side because when you get you have given testimony, when 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 our volunteer advocates, our mom advocates like you stand up and tell their stories at these hearings where cities and states are looking at banning all the flavored e-cigarettes, flavored tobacco products to protect our kids from the predatory behavior of big tobacco, it really has an impact. So we are really, really grateful. And um, thank you for sharing Jacob's story. And thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for inspiring all of us. Um, it really means a lot, I think, for people to understand they're not alone, but also to understand it's a really serious addiction. It's an addiction. It and it happens to anybody. Right. And I also want to say that, you know, we need more parents to join our fight. We need parents like Donna in Maryland. We need parents in California. We need parents in Arizona. We need parents in every single state in this country to join us. And you can do that by reaching out to us on our website, uh, parentsagainstvaping.org. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, on, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can sign up on our website, parentsagainstvaping.org for one of our webinars. You can become an advocate, you can become an educator, or you can just help us spread the word. We have lots of resources on our site. And as you've heard today, we are a community of parents who are supporting each other and fighting back to protect our kids. So thank you so much again, Donna. And I hope you've thank inspired you. other parents today to join us as well. Thank you very much. Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text Ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, The Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include evidence-based tips and strategies to quit combined with real feedback from young people. Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting Ditch Vape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.